is like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea, holy and true, faithful and able, Lord of all time and eternity. Hi, God bless you. Welcome to our studies in the School of Grace. We are looking at how the grace of God can help us to reign in life as we obtain and receive more and more grace from our Father God. You see, grace makes things that are not possible to be possible. That's why it is possible to reign in life through the abundance of grace. Anybody who finds grace can survive anything and you are going to find that out as we now begin to look at uh, the possibilities of grace in week four this will be part one uh, we are still going to continue this in a second part uh, still within the week the possibilities of grace you know i am personally convinced that god's grace is omnipotent because god is omnipotent so grace can do what god can do because it is god that is extending grace um, to us so and the grace of god can do what no man can do grace makes impossible things routine in other words things that people say they are impossible they become routine they become normal because of grace and what grace does is that it endures the recipients of grace with supernatural ability. In other words, grace enables them to do what they cannot do by themselves. Mm? So grace makes difficult things easy. When you see a man that has grace, a woman that has grace in a certain area of life, they do complicated things with ease. The reason is because they are not the ones who are at work. It is actually God at work. And basically what they are doing is that they are cooperating with the grace of God and his supernatural ability is flowing through them. Don't forget I mentioned at the beginning, for those of us who were part of the indwelling experience, grace is a manifestation of the indwelling. You see, grace means that the indwelling one, the one that resides inside us, is now at work in us, in power, so that his grace begins to do in us and do through us and do for us what we could never ever do or accomplish by ourselves so let's look at some possibilities of grace in this week four part one number one the knowledge of god can only come by grace the knowledge of god answered prayer and the presence of god that distinguishes a person or people they are only possible through grace we can only come to know god through grace in exodus 33 from verse 13 god was speaking to moses Exodus 33 from verse 13. He said, Now therefore, I, if Moses was speaking here first, he said, Now therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your glory that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. You know, it looks like repetition. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your glory so that I may know you and that I may find grace. The reason is because, you see, it is people that have found grace that can find more grace. What Moses is saying here is, 
I have found a certain level of grace with you. And now I'm looking for more grace. And the level of grace I'm looking for now is that I want to see your glory. You see, that's why the Bible says, Of the fullness of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. That's what Moses is asking for here, back in the Old Testament. He said, If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your glory, so that I may know you. So note, Moses is going to get a revelation of who God is only by grace. And then he says, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. So in knowing him, we find grace. So one of the things you are going to notice when we come to the sources of grace is that grace comes to us through the knowledge of God. Uh, that's why you hear the Bible says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of him who has called you to his own glory and virtue. The more we know God, the more we see him as he is, the more grace we will find. And the more grace we find, the more grace we will seek. So you see, those who have found grace are persistent chasers of more grace. Because they know that there is more grace. There has to be more grace. So they are always looking for grace upon grace upon grace because they know that the grace they have found means that they certainly can find more grace in God's sight and in God's presence. So Moses says to God, If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may, I may know you. So you see, in knowing his way, we know him. So you see, remember in, Psalm, in the book of Psalm 103, the Bible tells us that Moses knew the ways of God, but God made known his acts. I believe it's Psalm 103 verse 7. He said, the Lord made known his works, his acts to the children of Israel, but he made known his ways to Moses. So how did Moses get to know the ways of God? It was by seeking grace. It is grace that reveals the ways of God. And in knowing the ways of God, we know God. We come to know him more and we find more grace. And Moses says to God, consider that this nation is your people. Then God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So notice the presence of God that goes with a life, with a man of God, a woman, a child of God. That, that brings rest. That presence is a function of grace. So you see, grace attracts divine presence. God grants his presence to people that have found grace in his sight. When you see a person who carries the presence of God, that is a manifestation of grace. So Moses says to God, if your presence does not go with us, don't carry us from here. One version said, Cancel this journey now. Don't, don't, we are not moving a step from this place. Then Moses said to God, For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So notice, Moses, Moses is saying to God, How will people know that we have found grace in your sight, if not by virtue of your manifest presence? See, the presence of God that is being discussed here is not omnipresence. Remember that God is everywhere. But what is being discussed here now, God said, My presence will go with you. So if God is already everywhere, why does a special presence need to go with his people? The reason is because the presence of God is not just omnipresence. You also have the manifest presence of God, which accompanies a life. That's why you hear the Bible say God was with 
Joseph, God was with him, and whatever he did, he made it. He made it to prosper. God was with. So, in fact, the Bible even talks about God coming and going. In one scripture, he said in Habakkuk, he said God came from Teman, and the Holy One came from Mount Peran. So, can you imagine a God who is everywhere, coming and going? Now you are dealing with manifest presence, not just the general omnipresence of God. And do you know that God never intended that his people will relate with him on the basis of omnipresence? God will, the whole world knows, you know, God is everywhere in the world, but he is manifestly present with his people. God wants us to be carriers of his presence. And I'm sharing with you that that is a function of grace. So the more grace you find, the more the presence of God will manifest in your life. And that manifestation is what people call anointing. You see, the anointing is the manifestations of God's presence with a person. The anointing is what happens when the presence of God and the power of God begins to do miraculous things, begin to, begins to change lives and break yokes and, and, and bring deliverance and do impossible things. That is the anointing and it comes by grace. The more grace you find, the more anointing and manifestations of the Spirit of God you will experience in your life and ministry. So Moses says to God, he says, how will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us. So shall we be separate. So shall we be distinguished. The NIV Bible uses the, the word distinguished. Your people and I from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Grace is the distinguishing factor. Hallelujah. Between the child of God and the rest of the people. Why is it that we can live a life that honors God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation? Grace is the distinguishing factor. Because grace attracts the presence of God which sets us apart. That's why nothing must take away the presence of God from your life. Don't tolerate anything or anyone that will, will, will puncture the presence of God. Anything that will make God to walk away because he's seeing something he does not like. Because God does not tolerate things that are contrary to his character. So we must not tolerate such things either so that we can be carriers of the presence of God. So look what God said to Moses. Say, I will also do this thing. Exodus 33 and verse 17. He said, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. Why will I go with you? Why will I give you my presence? God said, You have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. I know you by name. You see, grace identifies a person, God knows people of grace. You see, the reason grace is manifesting, God says, I know you by name. I know you. You, have, you are one of those that have found grace. Oh, God knows you by name. Hallelujah. God knows each of us by name because we found grace. It is grace that makes, gives identity to an individual in the presence of God. And because God knows you by name. He will do things when you pray that will not happen when other people pray. Do you know that a person that has found grace can pray a one-minute prayer and God will do a walk of 10 years? 
a work that it's impossible in the sight of people because he found grace. Somebody else who has not found grace will be shouting, will be doing all kinds of things. He will make all kinds of enchantments and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, 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 all types of gymnastics. But heaven will not open. Why is that so? Because he is not a candidate of grace. He is not a man or woman of grace. Why is that so? Because maybe there are things of disgrace. There is a lifestyle of sin that drives away the presence of God from such a person. Now, because he had found grace, Moses says to God, please show me your glory. So notice, he's asking for more and more. He said, I want to know you. Show me your ways. Show me your, I want to know you. Then he says, show me your glory. Let your presence go with me. So grace enables us to press in to receive more grace. Can you imagine? He says, show me your glory. And God didn't say, ah, how can you be asking that? I've already forgiven you people. And I promise I will take you to promised land. Ah, I pray you will open your mouth wide to receive more and more and more grace upon grace upon grace upon grace that God wants to give to your life. Show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness to pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So notice that it is this scripture that is quoted in Romans chapter 9. He said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that will it or of him that run it, but it is of God that shows mercy. So grace is the distinguishing factor. It attracts the presence of God and it sets us apart. The second thing we see here is that grace brings deliverance. Grace brings salvation. The Bible tells us that in Titus chapter 2, the book of Titus chapter 2 verses 11 and 12, grace he says in Titus 2, 11 and 12, he said, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. So, you see, what is going on here is he's saying that the grace of God, listen to the way, yeah, thank you. The grace of God that brings salvation. The grace of God that brings salvation. So what we are reading here is that it is grace that brings salvation. It is grace. And you see the salvation here is not born again. This verse does not say the grace of God that brings born again, that makes somebody to be born again. It's, of course, great. being born again is by grace. But what the Bible is saying here is that the grace of God that brings comprehensive salvation the grace of God that brings deliverance that is it deliverance from the power of darkness deliverance from Satan and his works deliverance from sin deliverance from the old kingdom all come to us by grace it is grace that brings salvation look what it says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared has appeared that grace is available to everybody but the question is will people receive grace and you will notice something that he says there he says that when that grace appeared it is teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world so you notice in this scripture that grace is a teacher we are going to come to this later because 
if we are going to be people of grace, we must learn the lessons of grace. In fact, one of these weeks, we are going to be looking at the lessons of grace. Grace teaches lessons which if we learn the lessons of grace, we will abide in grace and then we can receive more grace. Those who don't learn the lessons of grace, they risk they are in danger of falling into disgrace. Let me give you a simple example. One of the lessons of grace is humility. I mean, anybody who is a recipient of grace cannot be proud. So if somebody receives grace and instead of being humble, the person starts getting, you know, arrogant and puffed up. You see, the person is in danger of falling into disgrace. Not because that was the will of God, but because the person did not learn the lessons of grace so grace brings deliverance it brings salvation grace is what sets captives free in ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 9 he says for it is by free grace god's unmerited favor that you are saved delivered from judgment and made partakers of christ's salvation through your faith this is the amplified bible so you see it is the free grace of God that brings salvation. It is grace. Oh, glory to God. Look what grace has made out of us. Sinners, people that we got individuals. Look at the kind of things that used to come out of our mouth. But grace has cleansed us. Look at the kind of lifestyle we used to live. But grace has canceled our past and given us a brand new future. And if you are listening to this and you are not yet saved, grace can wipe away your past and give you a fresh beginning. It is grace that brings personal transformation. It is grace that changes lives. Mm? Oh, the righteousness of God, the peace of God, and the joy that we have in the Holy Spirit, all of these are manifestations of grace. It is grace that tempers a life. Oh, when you experience a person who is a carrier of grace, you will notice that that life is tempered. The person is a changed person. The person is walking in the light of God's eternal salvation. And you can see this mildness, harshness has been taken away because this life has been transformed by the grace of God. And now, uh, 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 let's share one or two more and then we'll draw this segment to a close and continue in the second part and that is the fact that grace gives us access it is grace that introduces us into the presence of God grace makes it possible for us to come into God's presence and grace gives us a right standing the righteousness that we have that enables us to stand before God comes to us by grace. Listen to this scripture in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 21 to 22. It says, And their prince will come from their own ranks. One of their own people shall be their leader. Their ruler will come from their own ranks. And I will grant him, this is God speaking, he says, I will grant him free and easy access to me. So, the free and easy access that this ruler will enjoy will be a grant. Oh, hallelujah. It's the grant of God that grants us access into his presence. Now, look what God says. I will grant him free and easy access to me. Then God asked, he said, would anyone dare to do that on his own? To enter my presence uninvited? God's decree. So, this is Jeremiah 30, 21 to 22. 
God is asking a question. He said, who, who is it that will dare to enter into my presence uninvited? Do you just wake up and you want to go and start visiting consuming fire? <laughs> Look at, the, I mean, the Americans and the Western world, they do all kinds of experiments. They've sent people to the moon, into outer space, and they've sent, you know, uh, uh, you know the rover to Mars. But nobody is planning of sending anything to the sun. Why don't you send a spacecraft to the sun? The surface temperature of the sun is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Not the core temperature, just on the surface. It's blazing fire. It's like billions of nuclear bombs going off at the same time. Who will dare to approach the sun without invitation? Now, God is hotter than the sun. God is more dangerous than radiation. He's the creator of radiation and radioactivity. Hey, he is the awesome, great, and terrible God. God is asking, who will dare to come into my presence unless invited? And glory to God. Wonder of wonders. Grace has given us a permanent invitation to the presence of God. Come and hear the Bible. It says, we can come boldly because we have a great high priest uh, who, is, who has passed through the heavens and is seated at the right hand of the Father God in glory. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace and we will receive grace. We will receive mercy to help us in our time of need. Only grace could give us access to the presence of the consuming fire. Only grace could cause us to stand before God without condemnation because of what Christ has done for us in Jesus' name. So these possibilities of grace begin to show you what the grace of God can do in our lives if we will seek grace, if we will pursue grace. And I want you to become a chaser, a pursuer of grace. Notice from the life of Moses that finding grace last week does not stop us from seeking more grace this week. Hallelujah. That is the way. So the more grace we receive, the more grace we seek. And the more grace we find, the more of the presence of God we experience in our life. And the more manifestations of that presence as God walks in us, the indwelling one walks in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the possibilities of your boundless grace at work in our lives. We just pray, God, that more and more grace will pour into us and through us to a needy world. Lord, show us your glory. Take away the veil. Help us to maximize our introduction, the access that we have into your very presence in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. Please share this material, you know, in the School of Grace. Invite other people to join as we study grace. And please feel free to use this for your Bible studies. Teach it to other people. It is the Word of God. And as we do, a grace revolution is coming to the church. And this is through grace, not sleazy, you know, grace. When people start taking the grace of God for granted. But the genuine grace of God by which we are saved and by which revival can come to our generation. God bless you. Bye-bye.